0: You don't need loads of particular tools for interior wall framing but having a circular or miter saw and a framing nail gun will save a lot of time and make the job easier. We were particularly fortunate as our grandson Caleb is a framer and as I mentioned in previous posts he came with a short time frame to help but had a wealth of knowledge and all the tools we required. One of the biggest costs for owner builders is tooling up for the job. You can hire these tools and I do suggest if you are going to use professional tools especially in nailing gun get some training first they are seriously scary. We make a motley crew, but we get the job done. These are the basic tools you will need. Carpenter's pencil. Hammer. Tape measure. Square. Hand saw, circular saw or best of all miter saw. Spirit level, the more sizes the better, 600, 1200 and 1800 millimeters are ideal. Straight edge. Framing nail gun. 75 and 100 millimeters wire nails the most common method of interior wall framing is to build them in situ in place on site as opposed to pre-building them in a joinery shop and then reassembling them on site although some projects require the latter method for a container house there is no option really then to build on site as the space available to lay out pre-assembled stud walls just won't work you are also dealing with a box that sometimes isn't quite plumb Timber stud walls are generally built using either 75 x 50, 3 x 2, 100 x 50, 4 x 2, or 125 x 50m, 5 x 2, timbers to form the top and bottom plates, studs and noggins. The size to use and the distance between studs will depend on the purpose of the wall, whether or not it is structural for example. For all of our stud walls we used 100 x 50, 4 x 2, including the hung ceiling. We used 100 by 50 treated pine. After framing the interior walls, they need to be insulated and sheeted with a material like plasterboard. Due to fire ratings in our area, we used wool insulation 55 millimeters thick with the external western walls being double insulated. We also chose to use fiber cement sheeting with expansion joints opposed to traditional plasterboard and plastered joints. The reason for this was twofold containers can weep in tropical climates. Fiber cement sheets are good in moist environments, often used in bathrooms, laundries, and kitchens. Even though we are installing vents and weep holes, this product adds an extra protection for moisture buildup. The second reason was fire rating fiber cement has a higher fire rating than standard plasterboard. So, here are the basics of our stud wall build Step 1 Select the top and bottom plates. The top and bottom plates should be the straightest two lengths of timber in your stack. Find these, and if you come across any really bowed or twisted length set these aside to be cut up into noggings later. Caleb setting out his base rail and studs. Step 2. Cut the floor plate, or sill, and fix down. Cut the bottom plate to the required length, this may be in between two external walls for example. Step 3. Set out studs and transfer to head plate. The number of studs will be on your drawing and should relate directly to the size of plasterboard needed. If you are using 2,400 mm plasterboard for e.g. the center of a stud will measure 2,400 from the end so where the ends meet they can both be fixed and supported by the stud. Then more studs are placed in between that and the start at equal increments called centers. Walls are typically built with 400, 450, 500 zero, or 600 mm centers. For us we use 400 mm centers and 2,400 by 1,200 m mm sheets of fiber cement sheets you will notice we used double studs where there was a wall sheet meeting and triple where there are window framing to be installed. You can see in the pictures above that tape measures are marked for setting out centers. At 400 and 800 there is a small black diamond and the numbers are red. This continues for the length of the tape measure. There will be a stud at each end, mark out the rest of the stud centers on the floor plate, and lay the top plate on it and mark that at the same time. The first is 400 then 800, 1200, 1600 and so on. Many container builds turn the studs sideways so they can gain extra width and length in the room space. We opted not to do this so that we stayed within the Australian building regulations. For what you save in space you gain in a stronger build and more space for better insulation. 3-4 skew nails in top and bottom rail. Step 4, Fix top plate to ceiling slash joists. Plumb a line up from the bottom plate with a long level and a straight edge to mark the position at each end. With the top plate laid on the bottom plate, measure down from the ceiling to get the length of the studs required at each end. I add 3 to 4 millimeters to the measurements and cut two studs. Step 5 Cut and fix studs. If the floor and ceiling are level, the studs could be cut to the same lengths, otherwise, they'll each need to be measured and cut individually. Take a list of all the measurements needed. Cut all the studs in one hit, label slash number each one as you cut it. Measure twice cut once, Rob said it was his pleasure to play laborer to grandson Caleb. Fix them all in place, 75 to 100 millimeters round head wire nails are fine if you don't have a framing nail gun. Three or four skew nailed into the top and bottom of each stud. Step 6. Cut and fix noggins slash bridging. The noggings, blocking or bridging as they are sometimes called are fitted to add strength and carry edges of the plasterboard between studs the height they are fitted at will depend on the size of the boards 900 wide boards and the noggings need to be 900 mm off the floor to the center 1200 mm boards and they need to be 1200 and so on all the studs should be level but may bow a little so get a cutting list for all the noggings by measuring the distances in between them down where they're nailed to the base plate that way when they are fitted at the right height they'll help to straighten up the studs all framed up showing our spacing of studs and noggins clearly on the rear wall prior to insulation extra noggins were installed where the television would be fixed and an air conditioning unit if we ever generate enough power for it extra noggins were put where television and aircon will be installed wiring time we ran all of the wiring but before the wall sheets went up we had our electrician check that the work was to standard. Now it's time to run all of your wiring for powerpoints, lights and switches, this I will cover in another blog. We have decided in the lounge slash guest slash study pod we will be using an internal wall as a partition. These types of walls can be built to completely partition a room, divide a large room into two, to form a corridor or hallway, or build a nib for whatever reason. It's really important to build them correctly and level slash plumb to save yourself loads of problems later on. If you don't get your stud work walls level, you'll have much more work making the plasterboard fit, scribing each board in. And, not enough vertical studs will not only mean a weak partition wall that flexes but you'll have difficulty when it comes to fixing the skirting boards or anything else to it later on. The partition wall will create a work area for Rob with a built-in desk. We could have used a free standing room divider, but we want to build in the desk area and create a true study area for Rob. However, we didn't want to close it off completely, wanting ventilation and light over the top, so a three quarters wall with a return was decided on. The return would create a hallway and give some privacy to the study nook whilst Rob was working. On this wall, I would install one of the pallet wall features. Our grandson is a goofball, but he really saved us time and money. The room divider was built in the same manner as the stud walls only there was no head plate to the ceiling this means the wall connected to the main stud wall had to have extra strength along with the corner that supports the return with a triangular bracing. We also scribed the desk top into these stud walls to give extra strength, holding it all together. You can see the construction method in the above photos. All of the walls were now insulated with the earth wool insulation. Follow the directions that are provided. There are a number of different ways to install the earth wool space blanket, and it will depend on your climate conditions. As you can see, our foil faced the interior wall, and we used a little liquid nails to hold each cut piece in place. Earth wool was our choice in insulation. Read about earth wool here. Now to the ceiling. We wanted to provide an air gap for our vents to be effective, insulation, and then the ceiling panels. Again, we were using wool insulation and the fiber cement sheets. Step 7. Fixed Ceiling Slash Joists The ceiling joists span from wall plate to wall plate. Our ceiling joists were attached to our top plate by using 90-degree angle brackets. They were positioned with enough space above the installed ceiling sheets to allow for the air gap and insulation once installed. They were spaced 400mm with bridging 600mm apart to give us enough surface to attach the ceiling sheets. Ceiling joists were fixed using brackets. Step 8 Fix ceiling sheets. Prior to fixing the first sheet, we were able to run the insulation along the ceiling joists and bridging. Our insulation was in continuous lengths, if yours is in batons, you will need to install as you put the ceiling in. The first sheet was cut to size and using a timber brace, it was held up and nailed in position. The joining strip was inserted, where the next sheet slid into and the fixing of repeated. Remember to cut your holes in the ceiling for your light fixtures and remove any insulation from around the light's electrical connections. Ceiling sheets going in. Holes cut in the ceiling for light fixtures. Step 9. Fix wall sheets. Our wall sheets were cut to height placed against the wall and nailed off, inserting a vertical joiner strip as we went. We were using full sheets cut to the height of the wall. This meant we only had vertical joining strips and very little waste in the sheeting. The partition wall was finished in plywood. I wanted a point of difference with this wall, the return would be in the recycled pallet slats, so I wanted to continue the warmth of the timber feel. Apart from that, I had a project in mind, and the beautiful swirls of the plywood would be perfect. Read about this special project here. Step 9 Finishing Touches The finishing touches were to install quad moldings as cornices and a flat 12mm thick board as the skirting. Around the partition wall and the other feature wall, we used stained timber to keep the theme. A simple quad molding was used for the cornices. Timber skirting boards were fixed after the floating floor was installed. Now I haven't mentioned the window and door insulation that will need to be a whole new blog. We would love to hear how your container house project is coming along. You can share comments and photos below, smiley face, down pointing finger.